And good morning, Rooster Boosters. This is the big guy coming at you with another uh, interview from our interview series. We have uh, Rooney player Anthony Parry with us today. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. Uh, enjoying finally the summer summer sort of weather, spring weather. Yeah, it's beautiful. I know you're up in Vermont, and I'm I'm back down in here in New York. But it seems like we really both have a, a nice sunshine East Coast day, which is great. Um, so you you were lucky enough to leave New York. Uh, right as this COVID pandemic thing has started and you told me you're up uh, in Vermont, um, you know, without giving away any of your secret tips. But uh, the first thing I'm going to ask you is how have you been working out in, during this COVID situation? I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's been hard to get equipment. So, I mean, have you had, a, have any, have you had any special techniques or anything you're using or are you just, you know, body weight exercises or what's your routine? Uh, I'm actually lucky. There's a gym up here that uh, is open, but it only has dumbbells. It's a hotel gym, so nobody goes in there. So I've been doing uh, a lot of work with 50-pound dumbbells. But uh, also a big part of my workout has always just been uh, working out outside and doing uh, mm -hmm. a lot of burpees and running and back and forth and that sort of thing. Um, but it's definitely a lot harder to to keep your strength while lifting uh, light dumbbells, but you just got to do a lot of reps. <laughs> a lot of reps, a lot of sets. Yeah, but you know, it was funny. I was telling um, Trevor Cassie and Alex McDonald, I'm like, you guys must be getting ripped now because you're not doing all that heavy weight that you're normally doing where you're kind of keeping on that body mass. And you're doing those 50-pound dumbbells. So, I mean, I'm sure you're looking like Arnold right now, right? I, I always look like Arnold, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and uh, it's funny because um, I think a lot of guys right now, they're they're obviously disappointed with the 2020 season the way it ended. Um, they're looking forward to 2021, knock on wood. Um, that's going to go, f you know, we're going to have a good opening day in 2021. Um, what what was your favorite part of the 2020 season? I know it was truncated, but did you have like, a, you know, a, a moment or, a, a, you know, a practice or something that you're just like, man, I'm in the MLR, you know, again, and, you know, I'm in with a good team and we got a shot. Like, did you have any great moments this season? Uh, I mean, it was just great to be with the guys, honestly. Like, it's so much fun uh, hanging out with your friends and getting to play rugby and traveling uh, all over the U.S. I mean, we we pretty much, as you know, we have a good time everywhere we go. And uh, we're all pretty good friends, great friends, I would say. So just being able to play rugby. I mean, I really enjoyed the new style. Like, Greg kind of has a new style of practice that, uh, you know, where you kind of just play a lot of rugby, uh, which was a lot of fun. So... I would say just the whole experience was was a plus for me. So that brings me to an, another question. I usually kind of get this to the middle of it, but I have a theory that the the Greg style of practice by giving you pretty much exactly what's going to happen minute by minute does that kind of ease your anxiety um, of of knowing like okay I could just go and produce at practice I don't really have to worry about what's going on because I know I'm going to stretch for 10 minutes then we're going to you know play touch for 5 minutes then we're going to roll with the forwards for 7 minutes and and just know that somebody's going to tell me okay stop what you're doing there's no extra rep and we're just going to move on to the next thing you think that kind of eases your anxiety and makes for a better practice for for most teams uh, I'm not sure. I mean, in, in that sort of respect where it eases your anxiety, I mean, a lot of times it puts more pressure on you as well. Like if you're, you know, you're like, all right, you have five lineouts where you miss all of them or make all of them. That's it. So, uh, but isn't that more like representative replicate. of the game? Yeah, like, no, it does replicate yeah. like the pressure you feel, you feel in a game. Um, I mean, we felt very prepared every game. We, we, you know, so I think we, the coaches did a great job of that and the players as well. 
Awesome. I got a chance to see you guys uh, practice a couple times, and I got to say it was definitely an experience to see that type of system, um, see you guys move with it. And I kind of liked I – don't, I don't know how much you guys got into it into the season, but I know the first couple weeks you kind of had different squads. You'd practice with that squad for a week, and then you kind of switch it up, I believe. Um, that way everybody kind of got time together. It wasn't just like, you know, first 15, second 15 kind of stuff. It was everybody – practicing together because knowing that when you go on the field and you have substitutions, it's not always going to be your top 15. Um, so that was a difference I saw anyway in practices, but um, I'm going to go on to some of these cheesy pie uh, questions that everybody loves to answer. So the first one is who is your favorite sports hero? Derek Jeter. Ah, the Jeets. Yeah. I, I grew up, you know, when I was a kid, I lived in New York city while the Yankees won. Three, uh, they won four World Series, three straight. Um, and Derek Jeter was the hero of are, all of them, pretty much. Are so. you trying to shove this in my heart because I'm a Mets fan? Is that what you're doing right now? <laughs> hey, I mean, I remember game one, 2000. Derek Jeter oh, was Jesus, brought on the first pitch of the first game in the World Series against the Mets. And I was like, I thought he was, I thought the Yankees were gonna win the World Series every year. Derek Jeter was the best player ever, but he's definitely, nah. I gotta say, my sports hero. Absolutely. You know, he's a great leader. Um, you know, he's an owner now. So, I mean, I'm sure he's doing working just as hard as an owner to, to get the Marlins where they need to be. Um, and being a tri-state guy, I'm pretty sure nine times out of 10, even if they were Mets fans, they'd probably say Derek Jeter was, was one of their favorite sports heroes. Um, so going on to that, that theme of, of favorite things, um, do you have a favorite sports quote? A favorite, uh, Sports quote. Well, I honestly, I, I know this is kind of corny now, but I do. I growing up, I always loved Cor uh, Kobe because of just how uh, <laughs> aggressive he was about getting what he wanted and his belief in himself. Um, and one one things he he said is uh, he said someone asked him if he if he had a lot of friends, and he said, "I I don't have I don't have time for friends. Uh, friends." Friends last a little while. Banners last forever. <laughs> That's an awesome quote. I totally get that too. Cause I mean, you got to focus on being a professional athlete and in this day and age, it's almost 24 seven, you know, 365. Um, everything you do kind of goes towards that goal. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, you know, there's definitely for whatever you're doing, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice, uh, you know, hanging out and uh, you know, going to, to the bars or, you know, fooling around with your friends for uh, being successful at, at something, you know? It's funny, you know, after his passing, a lot of guys came out with stories. And I forgot who it was, but it, he, they, I forget, yeah, it was a Lakers player and Kobe had just retired and he had new sneakers. And pregame, he had given every player the new sneakers. Every player wore them for the first half of the game. They come back in at halftime and they're down by 20. Kobe came in the locker room before the coach did started pulling the sneakers off the guy's feet and throwing them in the trash, saying they didn't deserve them for the effort they just put out in the first half. <laughs> and I swear to God, that's a true story based on a Lakers player. Told yeah. that to ESPN. I thought that was one of the greatest stories ever because if you're going to carry yourself like that, you got to carry yourself like that 24-7. Um, I loved it. Um, so, again, we're going favorite things. So favorite quote was, was the last one. So favorite sports movie. Oh, remember the Titans. This oh, seems God, to be a theme. You Butch, you Butch and Mikey Brown are really on the Remember the Titans. Really? Remember the Titans is one of my favorite movies of all time. I watch it annually, I would say. Yeah, no, but it's there's a, a lot love, of great sports movies yeah. out there. It's funny because uh 
one of the I don't necessarily know if it's a sports movie or even a, ru a rugby movie, but when I was in college, the big one was Puddle Cruiser, which was the Broken Lizard guys. They apparently made a movie before Super Troopers. It was about this guy in college, and his girlfriend breaks up with him and then starts dating a rugby player from another school. And then he starts he, he becomes a rugby player to try and get her back. It's the only time I've ever seen rugby in a movie. And then, you know, forever oh, I strong. Check that out. I didn't yeah. know. I thought Broken Lizard's first movie was like Club Dread or whatever. No, yeah, it was it was called Puddle Cruiser, yeah. And uh, super low budget, but really funny and, and had a lot of rugby elements in it. And uh, well, those we guys passed... play rugby? That would, I don't, I I don't think so, but, you know, they're all, Colgate, I yeah, they're, sure. all, they're all Northeast yeah. guys. So, I mean, they had to have been around it, you know. I mean, I you know, I know playing at a Nerfew, it was like, you know, every friggin' team and their mother had a, had, a, had a program, even if it was just, you know, a developmental program. But, um, yeah, great movie. Remember the Titans, love it. Um, that was one of the movies they used to show us if we couldn't go out during recess when I was a kid, believe it or not. That and the Sandlot. So we watched that many times. Um, again, we're sticking with the favorites. Here's the theme. Um, do you have a favorite song to listen to prior to the match, or is it more of just like whatever headspace you're in, you pick up like you know a song? Yeah, I'd say it's more uh, the latter. Uh, I basically I'm really into music. I, I'm sure that if you asked around, the guys would tell you I'm always listening to music and. Uh, Famously, have listened to music uh, during personal warm-up at, at the games, which is a bit controversial. Um, but I always change. I make different playlists all the time, uh, so I'm always listening to what I what I uh, have, what playlist I've made, or what's getting me into it. Really, like sometimes you want to go super hardcore, like headbanging stuff, and sometimes you want to just chill out too before a game mm -hmm. and make sure you know you're thinking properly. Yeah, I had to so kind of like. Matters. I had to amend that question because I was like favorite. I asked Butch the first time. He's like, I don't listen to music. It's like, I, I study my notes. I'm like, what? I was like, so maybe it's, it's since it's different for everybody, I got to amend that question. So that's why I'm like, you have Did a Butch favorite. Say that? He studies his notes. Oh, yeah. and then Mikey Brown did said the same thing. He's like, you know, I'm, I'll probably listen to a little bit, like maybe in the car or on the ride there. But when I get there, I'm trying to study the notes and what we did in practice. Like, man, Mikey and, and Butcher, you know, I mean, two hookers of the same ilk, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never seen either of them studying notes before. Again, I gotta say. <laughs> well, now we have the real scoop. We have the real scoop. They lied to me. They, they, yeah, maybe, lying. They, maybe they do. I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually do write things down as well that I read before a game. Just kind of, uh, I try to um, uh, manifest, you know, what you want to happen. So I'll write keys down and stuff like that. To, yeah, because if you put sure it in the ether, you know. You put it in the ether and it'll happen. Yeah. It's a lot of people say that. Oh, so. it definitely helps. I would say, cause I, I put stats down even like, mm -hmm. all right, like I want, this is how much work I want to do in the game. And obviously it matters what's going on in the game. You know, definitely that, but, but some, a, a lot of times it, it all works out. So. so here's a question that that's off my list and it's, it's not, I'm not sure how you would answer it. I, I think I know how you would answer it, but what style front row player are you? So, like, you know, Patty and James are great in the scrum. Um, Patty has a little footwork with his little kicks. But I, for me, I feel like you're more of an offensive threat as a, as a front rower. What do you think? How do you think you play? Um, well, obviously, set piece is the most important thing if you're a, you're a front rower. So you always want that to be your, your biggest strength. But I think naturally for me, yeah, probably the, the my easiest strength is, uh, is just running with the ball. I've always kind of had a forward foot and – can find little gaps here or there. No no big runs, but I'll always uh, <laughs> fall forward. Um, and then, you know, 
yeah, I'd say that's the easiest part of the game for me. But I, I honestly work a ton on, you know, defense. I really want that to be my biggest strength. I think uh, every front rower is a great year. defender. I don't, I don't, there's, I, I've hardly seen a front rower that's not going to go for the tackle and generally nine times out of 10 complete it by himself. Um, it's, so it's funny in that respect. I, I don't think I've, I don't even see front rower. I say most of the pack defensively and probably every rugby team is, is one, is their better defense. Um, and then you have, you know, a couple centers that might go out there like Will and Will Leonard and, and, and lay some lumber. But um, I think one of your biggest traits on the rugby field is the way you, you run offensively and getting through those little gaps um, because it does push the ball forward. Because if you stagnate a little bit on those phases and you're not really gaining those meters, you can kind of see the energy level drop. And one of those things is when you come in, that energy level goes starts to creep back up again as you're just moving a little bit forward, a little bit forward. I think that's something unique that you have that a lot of front row guys don't have is that vision to see a gap almost like Marcus Walsh does when he fakes, you know, when he picks the ball and fakes it out and hits that gap right next to the breakdown, you kind of do the same thing with a bigger frame. And I think it surprises a lot of guys. And and then they have to realize, Oh, I have to defend closer to that breakdown because Perry might take one. Um, so I think that's something. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. it. I, no, it's, that's it's honestly always been the, I, like I said, the easiest part of the game for me, but, uh, you know, yeah, it I, seems I, like I, it I come natural. The vision strumming and, uh, and, uh, defense. I, oh I, yeah. I, no, I, I hope to be absolutely. my strength. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I think you naturally have a vision to see that line and where that gap is to say, okay, I can pick it and kind of go clean. Maybe if I turn my body a little bit and get skinny or I'm going to hit two guys anyway. Let me go down with support and and take you know take another phase, but we moved a little bit forward, and it comes with vision and, and experience, and you have that, and it's great to see it. It's fun. I like watching you play. Um, that's one of the my biggest things. I'm sure I've told you that quite a lot. Um, oh, thanks. I appreciate. It. Honestly, I have to give some credit to Butch. I worked a lot with Butch the last couple of years on uh, on footwork, getting around yeah. guys on uh, you know those we call them a balls or mm-hmm. you know like a, just off the nine. Which is hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get for, forward front foot there, especially Absolutely. If, if it's a slow ball. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. But I think good players pick that ball and go just to reset the phase because they know, again, stagnation. If they don't have the stagnation, they keep moving forward. You get a little bit of energy. Um, so my next question is, how do you guys make practice fun? I know it's so regimented, but but how do you and your teammates make practice fun? Oh well, it's not a. It's regimented like what you were saying earlier, but I mean playing. Uh, you know, touch against each other or touch, which really means like we're tackling you. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I love doing that. You know, just competing against the guys is a lot of fun. I mean, obviously we all have inside jokes with each other and, and joke around and, and well, I, I just love to compete, especially against your competition. Like, you know, like I love going against James. I love going against Patty, <laughs> you know, Will, Brian, McKellar, Jonas. I, 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 um, we have a lot of fun together. Honestly, we really do. And we yeah, all are there like, to play rugby, you know what I mean? So, like, there's yeah. nothing we'd rather be doing. Um, so th- that's, what, that's what makes it fun. That's great because it seems like the camaraderie drives the point home in practice. Hey, we're going to have fun playing rugby because that's what we're here to do, and we're going to get some work done. So I, I love to hear it. Yeah, um, I mean, everyone you know, everyone wants to play, and it's, kind of, it's, a hard, it's hard to get on the team. So everyone's going really hard in, in the practices, you know. That's great because, you know, the harder you go, the better you play. Um, and we're going to go with another pre-match thing. If you have them, some guys don't. Um, but do you, how do you calm any pre-match butterflies you might have? Uh, um, 
No, I think it's natural to be a little uh, excited before a match. You know, something big is going on. You want to perform well. Um, I just try to focus it as, as much as I can. Like uh, I was telling you, I like to uh, write down like my goals, uh, what I want to focus on, my keys for the game. Uh, and I, I said that I laughed a little bit because I used to do keys, <laughs> keys for the game. <laughs> do you remember that? But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so I'll do that, listen to music. But I think the most important thing is just going hard in the warm up, like getting as much contact as you can in, in, mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in the warm up to get prepared for the game. You, you know, think the, the that kind of kind of weird? It's just like, like all right, yeah. it's time to go. Let's start. Do you think that that hard contact in the warm up with the pad, or even if you're just you know slapping bodies around a little bit, you think that kind of takes the edge off? I guess that you know that first hit really you got it out beforehand. Yeah, no, de- definitely it's it, uh, definitely prepares you mentally and physically for for what's about to come. And you want to be physical player, especially as a front rower. So I try to Absolutely. get as physical as possible before the game. Absolutely. So this is a question that. Uh, I, can't, I think I've said this now in every every interview. I asked I asked Butch, and he had a completely a- different answer than I thought. That I, I didn't expect his answer. So I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite pre match meal? Pre match meal. Wait, Butch told you he didn't eat. I bet. <laughs> yeah, he does the intermittent fasting, and he's like, you know, uh, morning, you know, early, uh, yeah. uh, you know, if it's too early, I don't eat. If it's too late, I don't eat. So, if, like an afternoon game is perfect. He wants every game started at three p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to get your pregame meal down when you're traveling in, ho- you know, hotels all the time. Mm-hmm. You just get what you, what you can. But uh, when I'm at home, I usually try to get like a big like fruit salad. Uh, and honestly, some bacon, egg, and cheeses from the <laughs> <laughs> from the bodega. All the way With an Arizona iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I'm pretty good about that stuff. Like I'll just drink the water or Gatorade or something. But no, definitely a big fruit salad and uh, mm-hmm. bacon, egg, and cheeses. Usually two bacon, egg, and cheeses. Probably. I, I mean, I don't know how. Uh, our, my coach is gonna. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're performing in the game, who cares what you're eating? I mean, yeah. you know, as, no, as long I mean, as you're staying relatively bacon, healthy. Bacon, egg, and cheese—it's good for you. And you're gonna be expending a lot of energy throughout the day, so it's not like you know you're eating two bacon, egg, and cheeses every day and just sitting yeah. on the couch. You know, so I, I, I can see how that's almost a cheat meal for most professional athletes. Probably going in before a game, as long as you're feeling good about what you're eating, who cares what it is? Um, so this is another interesting one. Um, if you could play another professional sport and it doesn't have to be dependent on size. Like I told Mikey Brown, just because you're a big guy doesn't mean you could have to say NFL lineman or anything like that, but what other professional sport would you want to play and what position? Uh, I would want to be a, uh, F1 driver. Oh, that'd be awesome. (laughs) That'd be so cool. I'm a big, I'm a big racing guy. I love F1. Oh, really? Me too. I mean, the F1 is to be one of the 20 guys with a seat in F1. And travel uh, the world, that would be that would be the best. Oh, uh, that'd be awesome. I mean, just like Nuremberg Ring, you go down to for, you go down to, to to Italy and race and you know do Silverstone in, in England or oh that'd be freaking awesome. Um yeah. did not expect that from you. I didn't know you were a big race guy. That's very exciting. I think it's so cool. I mean, those guys, I mean, it's incredible what they what they do. Uh going two hundred miles is. an hour. It is. I think people don't realize, and even NASCAR, and I know most Formula One guys are like NASCAR, but think about it. NASCAR, no lights, no signals. You can't turn your head, and you have really no side view mirrors. So you're racing, not knowing what's around you, and you can't even turn your head to check. And most Formula One guys, they don't even have the vision. I mean, while they do have the mirrors, they really don't have the vision to move their head either with these new Hans devices. So I think it's crazy, you know, trying to tell people, hey, not only are you going to race, 
not only is there 20 to 43 other cars on the track, but you can't really see. So I always felt that there was... In NASCAR, there's a lot more passing than F1. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because the tracks are bigger. So, I mean, you yeah. can run three wide. And, and you do have... The spotters really help you because it is a longer race versus, you know, maybe the 20 or 25 laps you get in the F1. Um, but in the F1, you know, if you kind of fart on a wing and the wing will come off. So I'm always like... I'm, I'm, when I watch NASCAR, I'm always excited when they're kind of rubbing next to each other a little bit, you know? Um, that was interesting. I didn't, definitely didn't think you were going to say that. What would you um, think I was going to say? Then? I don't honestly. I don't know. Um, you seem like a hockey guy to me. Hockey. I never. I, I played hockey a little bit growing up. Uh, my high school was really, really good at hockey. Actually, yeah. But because well, uh, tri-state. I mean, I'm a tri-state guy too. So like, you know, hockey, lacrosse, football, all really big uh, sports. Especially, I went to a private school as well, high school. So those were always the big sports. So I've been playing hockey since I was five. I don't know. You just figured like a hockey guy. You know, we actually so had a bunch of dudes from Rochester who'd come to my school to uh, really to play hockey. Yeah, interesting. Hockey that's a, that, that's far. That's far. Um, yeah, what's well, a boarding right. school? So they go around, go out, and get the best players at everything. Yeah, that's much. yeah. No, we I was I went to a private school, but it wasn't boarding. So you know, we still had the local schmucks like me play. But we were pretty <laughs> good at football. I can't I can't knock it. We were pretty good at football. Um. So what's your what's your what is the best part about competing? Um, well, in, in rugby, for example, I think, or in sports, uh, the best thing is that it, you just have to go out when the time comes, you either perform or you don't. So you have that pressure of, all right, I, you know, in, in the NLR, for example, every game I'm like, all right, like I want to play the best I've played thus far in my rugby, rugby career. Um, and like I said, you know, it's hard to make the team. It's hard to win games. So. Uh, you really do need to put out your best every time you go out there. You don't, you don't know when you're going to get another opportunity. For example, you know, we were playing at San Diego. You know, we were – I was calling coach trying to talk about whatever the next game we had at home, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you never you never know when it's going to be your last time. So I, I think that's the best part about uh, competing in sports is going out and having that pressure to really, you know, put put be the best you can. And, you know, whether it's 20 minutes or 80 minutes um, – it's really fun to try to, to prove to yourself and to your teammates and your competitors that uh, you can play at a certain level every week. Awesome. I love it. You know, if, if you didn't have the drive to compete, you wouldn't be on, on an MLR team or just successful at life anyway. Um, so this goes to my last question. Um, this is probably the, the most in-depth question I ask. Oh, actually, wait, it's not my, I forgot. We talked about a question I wanted to ask you pre pre uh, show. What is your favorite pitch you ever played on? Let's let's do that one first. Yeah, so you we were, we did talk about this pre-show. Honestly, I'm I played on a, a lot of different pitches and had a lot of fun at uh, a lot of different places. Um, I know we were talking about in Switzerland. I got to play at a lot of uh, great pitches. Luckily, the Swiss uh, are very organized and very neat, so all the pitches were very nice. But I got to play this really great rugby game in the mud under you know this huge mountain in the Alps. Uh, out in Switzerland, which was it was pretty incredible experience. I think I have some pictures, but it was like raining too, so the <laughs> pictures even aren't aren't don't do it justice, obviously. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of cool experiences all over. You know, I played. I, I feel like I played on like on like terrible pitch in Mexico <laughs> to um, amazing pitches out in Utah. Or so my uh, okay. Uh, so here's a, Montana, a part you know? B. Here's a part B to that. What was the worst pitch? The pitch in Mexico or the pitch in Vegas you guys just played on? 
Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't say worse, you know. I mean, people are, get what they, you know, they don't get to choose all the time whether they're playing on a great <laughs> pitch or not. Um, so I would say definitely uh, uh, Vegas was hard. It was a, there was a, a lot of wind there. Um, I mean, I couldn't believe the bounce. Well. It was, yeah, it was like yeah, not just one yeah. bounce. It was a second bounce and maybe a third bounce. And that's, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> been playing rugby his entire life. Never seen a ball bounce like that. It's funny because because the first one he let bounce, he was like, "Oh, it went through the end," and you guys came back and and I think you scored after that. Um, and then that second one, everybody was giving him shit for it, and they're like, "Oh, you know, they like they tell first year rugby players, you know, you never let it bounce." I'm like, I don't know about that because you know he's facing oh, a sixty mile an hour wind. Yeah, his fault. Yeah, it's I I, that was his fault. Yeah. It bounced off the off the uh, the goalpost. Yeah, I, percentage wise, it should have done what the other one did, which was just go right out the back, and all of a sudden it was a good play. So I, I think yeah. it'd, be, it'd be hard to find someone better in the uh, ever treatment kicks in the MLR than than uh, Fode, So me too. I was I was a harsh defender of him on that play because they were giving him a lot of shit. I didn't feel it was right either. All right, so now <laughs> I'll get into I'll get into my most in depth question, um, and this is this was a, a a question that when I created these questions, I was like, you know how. Because it's not just not just about you as being an athlete, as being a rooster, as being you know a guy who plays a sport, but it, it's also about you as the person. So, how does being an athlete make you a better person? Um, well, you know, it's like you said, you know, it's really hard to to make an MLR team. To just get on the squad to make the traveling team is hard. To make the starting fifteen is really hard. Um, so at every level, you're really, you know, working very hard to achieve what, what you want. And it doesn't always happen the way you want. Like what we were talking about being focused for a game, um, having that concept, like, you know, you don't always go out and play your best or things happen to you that, um, you can't control. So I think just, you know, being, uh, perseverance, I would say is, uh, is one of the best qualities you can have. Awesome. And what you learn, you know, you learn to Mm -hmm. fail, which is one of the which is one of the most important things you can learn as a person. Well, I think especially with, with Rooney, um, some of those losses are tough to take, you know, some of the close ones we've had. Um, so, I mean, that, you can only build on top of that loss and you know what you, what happened, why that loss happened. Um, and it wasn't the referee and it wasn't the calls and it wasn't the way the ball bounced. It was, you know, unfortunately you guys putting in obviously not enough effort to do it as I, that's what I tell my kids uh, when we lose a football game. You know, it's not uh, it's it's not on the referee. It's on you guys not playing your best. And I think learning that at a young age and bringing that up as a as a person, as a professional in your life, because you're not going to always win. You're not always going to have good things happen. And you that's how you learn that perseverance. So I think that's a great a great quality to have. Um, and I think just about every athlete, even if they didn't play professionally or you know didn't have that chance, as long as they played on a good team with good teammates and good coaches, they learned that through all the all the big L's they get. And I've been through like twenty strong L's as a as a and as an athlete. I mean, we lost a rugby match one time. I think it was a hundred and five to three. So wow. you know, yeah, it was we <laughs> we played a B side uh, Dartmouth College team who just murdered us. I mean, absolutely murdered. Was, Bra- was, was like, Brakely on the team? No, no, no. I, I no. Um, he's a little old. Um, he's a little younger than me. Um, but it was like what they did was they wanted their track athletes, their their um, uh, spring track athletes, to do something in the fall, and they decided to put them on the track team. So they literally just took the ball and just 
just gone. Like it was like playing sevens. It was the worst rugby I've ever played. I couldn't catch him. Obviously, you know, look at me. Um, and even to tackle him was hard. They were all shifty and wasn't easy. But you know what? I'm a better person for it. Uh, you're a better person for everything. You know, all the stuff that that's hard in your life. And I think that's a great view for all the young players there. Um, we're just about out of time, Ant, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and giving some insight, being a professional rugby player, uh, being an athlete, you know, how that makes you a great person, all the fun stuff uh, you guys get to do. Um, if you guys don't uh, know, you can go back into all of his Instagram. Anthony was big on Instagram in his days back in Switzerland. So you can take uh, take a look at all the fun times he had. We were all following him. It was a ton of fun. A lot of a lot of messages going around. You see what uh, Parry's doing in Switzerland and this, that, and the other thing. It was great. So hopefully once we get out of this COVID, you can continue your travels. You seem to be that guy who likes to travel outside the U.S. and, and just do his own thing, which is awesome. Um, I think more people should do that and broaden their horizons. So yeah, the uh, anything about rugby, you know, is there rugby teams in uh, everywhere. So I know that was, I mean, you picked up a rugby team in Switzerland. You picked up a rugby team. You, how long were you in Mexico and you were playing rugby? 12 weeks, you said? And you picked yeah, up a yeah. team down there? Yeah, I did. That was hard. I had to search pretty hard to find the find the team there, but I found it, and it was really a great experience. A great team. I still talk to some of those guys. It's been like, I don't know, eight years. Is wow, that's awesome. Talk. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's like, yeah, like just go, and that's another thing for young athletes. If you have to pick up and go somewhere, go out and find the thing you want to do, and you will find it. There's people out there doing it. Um, so, Ant, thanks for being on. Um, is there anything you want to say to the fans? I don't know. Just think. Thanks for having me, and uh, thank you for uh, being so supportive of, of our team. I know the season, it's unfortunate, but we're going to come back uh, bigger, better, and stronger next awesome. year. Awesome. So. That's great. That's what I love to hear. Uh, thanks, Anthony. And, guys, this is the end of Rooster Booster time. I'll see you next week.